you must be at least 18 years of age to listen to the following podcast. This episode of Sexual Heroes is sponsored by Gear, Leather, and Fetish. Visit them online at gearleather.com or visit the store on your next visit to Palm Springs, California. Black, and you are listening to Sexual Heroes. JR has been a member of LA's kink fetish community since the mid-1990s. He especially loves impact play in all its forms, including flogging, spanking, and punching, and has presented on these topics at events for Avatar and Claw. JR currently serves as president of Avatar Club Los Angeles. Their mission is to provide opportunities for men to explore alternative expressions of sexuality in a safe environment. He is also an associate member of the Chicago Hellfire Club and an affiliate of Los Angeles's Devil a Mask Society. Avatar presents monthly in-person programs and weekend hands-on classes on a variety of BDSM topics. While listening to our conversation in this episode, keep in mind that in addition to flogging, key points can be applied to many types of impact play, such as spanking, punching, and whipping. Hi, JR. Thank you for being on Sexual Heroes today. Thank you. I'm loving it. (laughs) So we met just a couple of weeks ago, and it was an eventful meeting, at least on my end, and I'll get to hear about your thoughts. Many times in the past, when I've talked about BDSM in the podcast, I kind of downplay the pain play, impact play, because a lot of people are interested in BDSM, but that part scares them. And they think that they have to engage in that in order to engage in kinky play or BDSM play. So I stress that it doesn't have to be that. Well, today I'm going to turn it around, and that's what we're going to focus on is uh, pain play, impact play, which is something that we engaged in a couple of weeks back at the CLAW event in Los Angeles. We had not met before that, right? Right. You didn't know anything about me? I still don't know how you found me. <laughs> okay. So today we're going to go through our connection, the scene from beginning to end, because I think that newbies and maybe even some experienced players might uh, learn something or find it interesting because it was a very successful scene that we had. So let's start from the beginning and, and talk it through. I was at Claw Saturday night and I needed a flogging. It had been a long time since I had had flogging. And um, it's something I used to do a lot of when I was really more heavy into the scene and more active. So I went to the dungeon and a friend of mine was there and he pointed you out and he said, I think this is the guy to ask. And so I did that. that. That was all I knew. Walked up to you and I realized that you were with Avatar. I think seeing that was kind of like the first little establishment of trust. And then uh, I introduced myself and I think I said to you, hi, um, 
I hear you're like into vlogging or you're, you're, you're the guy that's, you know, you're the vlogger. Um, do you think you might be interested in vlogging me? And you said, I'm sure I said yes. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> and what do you think about when someone asks you for that? Do you, is it a yes every time or do you, is it, does it depend on where you are or? It's a yes almost every time. Mm-hmm. It's everything that we said next that made all the difference. Mm-hmm. But going back to what you said when we started out is flogging doesn't have to be a ginormous pain scene. Mm-hmm. It can be, and that's where we went. But I can be a yes to start with almost anyone, and then it's the the next 60 seconds of conversation that determines kind of what level that's going to go to. Right. Great explanation. And you said the next 60 seconds, and I think it's amazing how much ground we covered in the seconds before we played. So after we agreed, okay, we're going to have this, we're going to do this. You asked me some questions. You kind of. Yeah. So the, the questions I asked, and I, I ask everyone these questions um, and your responses were hugely informative. Like you said, we had never met. So the first thing I asked was, is this your first flogging? Because oftentimes when somebody says, uh, comes up to me, it may be right. And you said, no. So I said, well, second, you said, no. So I said, <laughs> is it about your millionth? And you said, that's closer. Uh, so, okay, good. So everything I'm doing here is just calibrating what the level might, might be, mm. right? What, what level are we going to go to? Uh, and then you said you'd been a model for, for Zeus. And I knew then that, because I've uh, been familiar with Zeus, that you were not an amateur. <laughs> and then this was the, the, the greatest thing you said. My nickname used to be Rage. Right. That immediately helped me zero in on, okay, okay, he really wants this. Yeah. Uh, And then there were a few more questions that I asked that helped me read during the scene. What do you look like when it's going well? And you showed me a clenched fist. And what do do you look like when it's going badly? And you showed me hands wide open. Mm -hmm. Now, for me, it's actually exactly the opposite if I'm getting flogged. I'll make a fist if it's really bad. And my hands are very relaxed if it's good. It doesn't matter what it is, but you, you ask so that as the top in the scene, you, you know what you're looking at. And then I asked you about noise. Do you make noise? Are you quiet and stoic? And you said, oh, no, no, I make a lot of noise and that's good. Uh, and that's helpful to know too. Some people are, are yelling and it's bad. Right. Uh, and they're, they're stoic when it's good. It can be whatever it is, but it's important to have that part of the conversation to establish between you what bad looks like and what good looks like. And you even asked me to describe what those sounds might be like. Mm-hmm. And I think I told you it was kind of animal-like. Yes. I want to go back to what you said about me telling you my nickname was Rage. And that meant something to you. It, g- it gave you information. Yes. And I did a talk for or Fetishman in San Diego few months back about the impact of play names. And here's a perfect example of the impact of a play name. You know, if you choose wisely, (laughs) 
Um, yeah. It give it tells people something about you, something that you want to communicate. So I think it's, you know, having a play name is great. So I told you about what, what I sound like. And I also told you something about my happy dance. Mm-hmm. So when I'm getting flogged, I tend to rock either side to side or even back and forth. And that's like a really good sign. It's in, I'm in a really good place. I think I was doing that through the whole flogging. <laughs> <laughs> you were. And again, it is, it is so great that I knew that going in because you were, you were moving the furniture around, you were moving the cross. So knowing that, knowing that your nickname was rage and you get animalistic, like I could tell, okay, this means it's going well, keep going. Right. I can, I can escalate from here. And you did. Mm-hmm. Here's some other things that sort of led to trust on my end. Uh, well, then I saw you were the president of Avatar. I was like, oh, okay, I'm in good hands. And plus, I think Avatar was, weren't they like um, in charge of monitoring the dungeon? Yes, we were, we were yeah. hosting and dungeon monitoring. Yeah. So, you know, if you're playing for the first time and you're in a dungeon setting and it's being monitored, that's a great place to experiment because you're, you know, you have a safety net there. But, um, oh, and then you pulled out restraints that I love mm-hmm. for my hands. And yeah. when you did that, when you were putting them on, I, I knew that I had this big grin on my face because uh, I guess it brought back memories. And I, then I remembered how, how necessary they are when I'm being flogged <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and how it, having those to secure me really, it, it gives me the ability to really let loose and feel like I'm not going to hurt myself or, you know, I, I can really go crazy. The padded multi-strap restraints are absolutely the best if you're going to do that because they support the whole hand and the whole wrist. Uh, if, if you just have a leather cuff around the wrist, you can still put bad pressure on on the joint. So right. I, I love those padded restraints cost a fortune, but they're yeah. they are really the best. They're worth every penny. They're great. So anyway, I saw those, you put those on. Yeah, that brought a smile to my face. Getting restrained again, it had been so long, just felt so great. And when you started out, I remember you were you warmed me up quite a bit, would you say? I did, although I progressed faster with you than than I normally would. Hmm. Part, partly because of everything we've just said. Yeah. So I, I I knew I had some idea where you wanted to go, and I could tell from watching you that it was going well. So I I escalated that warm up. We probably did five to seven minutes of warm up. Normally that would have been ten to fifteen. That's interesting. I'm going to come back to that. We did skip a safe word discussion. Because I know a lot of people, they place so much importance on having a safe word. It never even occurred to me to have a safe word. And it didn't come up. Can you kind of talk about why between you and me, that may not have been such an important thing? And when it might be important for other listeners? So by the time we had the, we were getting the restraints on you, I had a really clear idea of where you wanted to go. It's possible I could have been wrong about that. But I also had from you the information about what it looks and sounds like when it's not going well for you. We had conditions to stop, like your hand movements mm-hmm. or your sounds. You could have just said stop. Mm-hmm. For, for me, by the way, stop is a safe word uh, unless it's, a, unless it's a, a scene where, you know, unless we've said it's not. 
and the the dungeon also had the universal safe words of, of yellow and red. Yeah, so a safe word can be communicated in different ways. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to establish the you know a word like uh, avocado. Avocado, yeah, exactly. Some people get into a nonverbal space, and a word may not be the best option. Mm. So that's that's explicitly why I ask what it looks like when it's not going well for you. Mm-hmm. Because I need to be able to see it, and you may not be able to say it in the, the heat of that moment. And see, all that discussion, the more we talked, and even though it wasn't that long, it was what was being said and, and the communication that also was, you know, that was continually building trust on my end. So by the time you landed that first blow with the flogger, I was so relaxed and comfortable with you, even though we had just met, that I knew I could get into it. Yeah. Okay. So we started and I remember the happy dance was going and I was thinking, come on, more, more, more. I was trying to like, come on, come on, come on. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I could see it. I yeah. See it. So how how did how could you see that? Well, you were you were doing the happy dance. You, <laughs> you were also it was you were very clearly pushing your back out towards me, and that's that's an invitation. You know, I took the invitation, but then you you kept doing it. So that that also helped tell me, okay, that was an invitation, and we're going to do more. You know, I just kept watching your responses, and you kept asking for more without saying a word. Mm-hmm. But I would make a change, you would respond well, so I would make the change again, mm-hmm. right? A little more, a little more, a little more. The scene continued, obviously got more intense. Somebody afterwards told me that there had been a scene and that some people were actually concerned that it might be going too far. <laughs> and I have a feeling it was our scene. I haven't heard that, but okay. it sounds like a possibility. A lot of people come to Claude to learn more, and they they may not have seen a scene like that. And for some people in the dungeon that night, it was, well, it probably wasn't their first night in the dungeon because they were there for the weekend, but right. but it may have been their first weekend in a in a big play space with a big range of experience uh, among the people in it. And so they may just not have seen what that looks like. Yeah. We talked afterwards and we both said we got what we needed. So when you say you got what you needed, like what does the Dom or you in this case, what do you get out of a scene like that? It's a little hard to describe. Uh, First off, I'm, I'm switchy. So I've, I've been on the other side. I've been on your end of that scene also. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, it looks very similar. I don't jump around as much, but I'm really noisy. As the Dom, I'm very conscious of, of how it is for you. And so to some extent, I'm, I'm living that a little bit. And to some degree, I'm, I'm enjoying giving you that. I also don't want to downplay the fact that it's sexually exciting and gratifying. Like that's, Mm -hmm. I'm a sadist and, and putting people consensually in pain is erotic for me. I, I totally get hard from that. So, mm. so this is, this is not just some highfalutin spiritual, uh, you know, gift. I, I, it gets me hard. Oh. Um, 
but it's also a highfalutin spiritual gift. Yeah, I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. <laughs> For me, there's two two different directions I can go in a scene like that when someone is taking me there, and that's usually that's usually how people say it. They, I want to go there, and those who have been there know what they're talking about. So when I go there, there's, there's two places I can go. And in one direction, it's sort of like this cathartic, it's almost like therapy. And I, I know a lot of players understand that. Mm-hmm. But then there's this other direction that I can go. And that's the direction I went in the night that I was playing with you. And that I consider just totally recreational. Like there's no, like there's no, there's no bad shit going on in my head. It's just totally like this roller coaster ride. Uh, the endorphins are going, and it's the pleasure that starts coming is so fucking intense. It is well, what you did was you kind of you brought out the uh, pain uh, endorphin junkie in me because, <laughs> like. Ever since we played, like that's all I can think about, and I need more. Yeah, it's like that. In, that endorphin rush is just—it's just. You can probably see it on my face now, just talking to you. I can, and uh, as I said, having been on both sides, I I totally understand that. It's, I describe it for people as being, like like a drug trip without the drugs. Right. It's, it's your, it's your brain's own drugs, you know that all the artificial ones are trying to simulate. Uh, it's it's totally a roller coaster when you're in that place. Yeah, yeah. Well, you did a great job, <laughs> <laughs> and you knew you know that. Thank you. How did you know that it was time to bring the scene to a close? Everything with you changed. There is a point where there's that uh, we call it a cathartic break a lot, where the rage gives way to something a lot softer. Um, it can look like crying. It, it does. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. It's like letting the air out of a balloon. Like every, everything goes, goes soft. You know, the, the moving, the furniture stops, <laughs> the noise changes. Typically your, your voice will, or your sounds will, will become higher in pitch. Sort of when you're, when you're crossing that line or that point. So you look for that big change. And again, as my, my, my experience on the, on the other end of the scene is I, I never wanted to stop too soon. So when I see that, I usually keep going a little bit and make sure we're not just at a little plateau mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for more. And if, if we keep going for a little bit and it, and it keeps going with like the air, air continuing to come out of the balloon, then it's time to stop. Mm-hmm. Or if somebody starts to get really angry at that point, it may also be time to stop if they get angry in a different way. Mm-hmm. It, it may be time to stop for, for the other reason. But um, in, in your case, there was that, that relaxation that like, ah, okay. You know, it was, it was just, it was clearly, we were clearly done, but there, there is a change. So that's, that's the thing I would say to look for. If you're, you know, if you're look, if you're in this scene is look for that, big flip in, in energy. Uh, you said I'd been moving the cross. I think I also told you in the beginning that I had broken a cross before. 
Mm -hmm. You did. I knew you weren't going to break this one, though. Yeah. (laughs) For someone new, they may not have heard the term aftercare, or they may have heard it. They don't know what it looks like. Like, what does that mean? Is it the same for everybody? It's definitely not the same for everybody. Some people, and it's really weird uh, to me, because I, I just don't experience it this way, but but some people can can just take their hands down off the cross and walk away from mm-hmm. that. Again, it seems weird to me, but but there, <laughs> you know, for some people it's like that. For me and for for you, it was we need a minute to collect ourselves. It's an emotional experience for the person being flogged. After all of that, you've been through that roller coaster and the ride has come to a stop. There is an emotional connection with the person who just did that. Mm-hmm. You know, some people say the aftercare is the best part of the scene. I, I think it's up there. I don't know if I'd call it the best part. <laughs> but there's, you know, there's this this period of time after when when you can just sort of hold each other and relax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, in, in that particular kind of connection, which isn't like any other connection. It's it's not like after sex. It's different than that, but I guess it's a parallel. Mm-hmm. I've been at this doing this since I guess my first flogging was 1996. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing it a long time, but I would still say the people that I have connected with and gotten me there, not that often. It's been a kind of a rare thing. You know, when you get that connection, when, when that happens, you just, you, you really, you connect in a way that you just don't connect with anybody else on earth. It's just totally different. Agreed. There are very few people who have taken me there, and it's a special connection with each one of them. And so to describe it from my side, I, I felt you come up behind me um, at the end, and I think you kind of like held me right there at the cross. Yeah. For what for a while, and then I think you said, "Okay, I think we have to like free up this cross for some other people." You know, we took it aside, and you know, you held me for a while. How long did that flogging last? From the first stroke to the last, how long did that last? What what would you what would you say? Between uh, twenty to twenty five minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, just, it's interesting because your perspective when you're going through it, of course, is very different. Um, Same for me. Same for me. Yeah, it felt like, mm, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. Felt very fast. Well, yes, it was fast. I mean, it, it was a fast escalation. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of the, the way we finished the ap- aftercare, before aftercare, just a, a couple of things that might be helpful for people. I did come up behind you and hug you on the cross. That's that's not purely affectionate. That's somewhat practical, mm-hmm. uh, which is that people may have rubbery legs at mm-hmm. that point. Yeah, and that's that's one reason to use arm restraints or hand uh, wrist restraints is so that people don't fall. And then uh, the other thing I was doing is I was I was pressing you against the cross and I had my hand around you with my hand grabbing the cross. Um, as I started to undo the restraints again, so that if you were going to fall, you wouldn't just fall, right? You right. I could, I could let you slide down. So yeah. um, I certainly enjoyed grabbing you <laughs> against the cross, uh, but I was also just making sure you didn't fall and hit your head. Yeah. So it's, um, it's a safety thing, but it, it, it feels good. Yeah. 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 
Uh, and the, the other little trick, by the way, is to to put your knee between the, the guy's legs on the cross. So again, if they begin to go down, they will slide down your leg rather than um, just drop to the floor. And then we parted like two ships in the night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's always a hard moment. Like, what do you do? Like, yeah. it's, or, or it's sort of an awkward moment. What do you, what oh. do, you do? It's like, I guess we're done. Um, <laughs> As it happens, because of our our role hosting the dungeon, I had I had you know obligations, obligations, and and like people hovering wanting to talk. So yeah, so I it was okay that we, that we that we just parted. Oh, and I just want to back up for a second. I remember when I turned around. I think you were sweating quite a bit by the end. Oh, I literally went up to my room and and changed my shirt. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I remember that turning around and you were you looked drenched you took as much energy as i could give and that is literal physical energy like i i pulled out my heaviest flogger and there are heavier floggers it's not the heaviest in the world but i i took that i had to switch to two hands i had to change my stance i mean you kept taking and taking and taking it was an experience wow I'm going to be honest. There's kind of this weird pride in that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and now that I'm saying that I'm remembering, I remember, you know, when you're on the cross and you want more and I was signaling to you and I was like, I remember hitting the cross. That's what gets me to hit the cross is um, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's like, like you're in a, like you're in a, um, a wrestling ring. You, you, I don't know. You're just, you just, oh God, can't even explain it. Well, I also punched you. I also punched your back. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, there's a couple things about that. One is uh, just variety and sensation can help, mm, yeah. can help move that energy along. But also that thing where you were at the, like I just said, you kept taking, I needed to find ways to, put more energy into you. And sometimes I'll use my body and my body weight to do that. So I would literally take both of my hands and ram into your back below and between your shoulder blades, not on the spine, not on your shoulder blades, right? Big meaty lat muscles. Mm -hmm. uh, Those are the places you can punch. That was awesome. I enjoyed it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I think we've gone from the beginning through the end here and covered a lot of things. Do you think there's anything left unsaid that someone who might be interested in having a scene like that but has been kind of afraid and not sure what mm, what to think or do, or how to approach it? Anything else you'd want to share? Yeah, and somehow you and I established this, at least in my mind. I hope I wasn't wrong. But do this with, if we're speaking to it, to a top, a dom, and you you want to go to this place, do this with someone you can make a mistake with, right? Where it's it's not all going to be, you're you're not going to ruin your friendship or or hurt a stranger. I, I had some confidence for whatever reason that I could make a small mistake with you and it wouldn't ruin it. Because um, if you're if you're gonna play at this level of intensity, at some point you're going to throw the flogger wrong and it's going to land wrong. You want to have that level of trust where you can make a mistake. And so if it's your, 
your first time doing this, don't don't go up to a rando in the dungeon and and do this. This wasn't my first time doing it, so I, I didn't mind doing it with someone I didn't know. But I also felt in our initial conversation that like you weren't going to freak out and run away screaming if I did make a mistake. Yeah. If I'm speaking to a, a bottom or someone who's going to receive a scene like this, you know, do it with someone you ask someone you trust, either to have them be the person doing it or someone that that they would trust to do it, which is what you did. You 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 asked your friend or your friend told you, hey, yeah. you know, talk talk to JR over there. Mm-hmm. But again, don't I mean you well, you you if you see someone in a dungeon doing the thing that you want, it's okay to ask them. I guess I don't want to advise you not to, but ask enough questions if if it's not someone you know to be comfortable that you can trust them. Well, and I think if you are a submissive or not necessarily submissive, but someone who wants to be a bottom in this kind of scene, listening to this conversation we've had today you ought to get a sense of what kind of questions the Dom ought to be asking you. And if someone isn't asking you for any information before they're about to hurt you, that's kind of a red flag, right? Yes. If Look, some some people are very good at reading people in a scene. Uh, To be specific, some tops are very good at reading where a bottom is in a scene. They probably can't do that, though, with no information. Mm-hmm. So like I, I talked about the hands, you said hands mm-hmm. open means uh, you're having a bad time. Hands you know, closed means you're okay. And for me, like I said, it's the opposite. So it would be important for the Dom in a scene to know that because mm-hmm. it's, it's two opposite things and it doesn't matter which it is, but you need to know which it is. Right. And so you want someone as a, as a bottom, you want somebody to be asking those questions. Did my hands ever fly open? No. I, I was looking <laughs> no. at your fingers didn't even twitch. I was literally <laughs> literally watching your fingers for most of the time, among other things, to uh, to see like is is this okay? All right. Well, JR, I look forward to the next time. Oh my god, so do I. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully you won't have obligations and paparazzi and all kinds of stuff to attend to afterwards i agree all right thank you jr for being on sexual heroes today you were my sexual hero you are my sexual hero thank you robert i love that for information with links about a guest on sexual heroes visit the show notes and please be sure to follow me on twitter at robert black xxx thanks for listening Bye.